You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, where I go to fulfill my fantasy. Football desires with expert opinions, advice, and analysis that you can't find anywhere else. I want to apologize. Um, the show will be hosted by Ms. The Wiz Montalban. Burke was playing Oregon Trail earlier this week on his work computer and came down with dysentery. So he will be day-to-day with his dysentery and will not be available for this podcast. So you're stuck with me for the day, which you know I, I'm sure you won't mind, but let's uh, all keep Burke in our well wishes with his dysentery. Let's move on to some football. Let's get into a quick recap of the Colts-Texans game. The Texans came out with a victory, 20-17, to and it was impressive and put the Houston Texans in the first place in the AFC South. A couple of thoughts here. The first one is the Colts' offense didn't do much. Jacoby Brissett, 129 yards total. Pretty disappointing um, because the Texans have been giving up some yards lately through the air, and the uh, the Colts weren't able to uh, to find any against them. Um, leading receivers were both their tight ends, Ebron and Doyle, but it was only for 44 and 28 yards, so that's really not that promising. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, who came back and you wanted big things from him he only got 18 yards so that was uh again pretty disappointing now it was a game and it was it was close the whole time but uh it really came down to Jonathan Williams you know we we told you to start him and pick him up this week and if you listened then you reap the rewards because he got 104 yards a touchdown got 17 yards receiving so Really got 18, almost 19 points for you if you played them, which for, at the running back position is, you know, usually one of the top five uh, of the week. So we'll see if that holds up, but that's a good start for uh, Jonathan Williams and for your fantasy team if you decided to play him this week. On the Texan side of the ball, uh, the running game was stalled pretty much all day. Carlos Hyde got 67 yards, which good for Carlos Hyde. Um, but, you know, you I think you were expecting bigger things from him. And on the other uh, side of the coin, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins had monster games. Will Fuller came back. You know, I was worried about even playing him just because of that injury and what he would look like, but he's back to full form. I mean, he got seven receptions for 140 yards. Uh, That's pretty significant. And then you look at DeAndre Hopkins getting the two touchdowns and almost 100 yards, just six yards shy of that. Um, You know, almost almost getting 20 points. Well, actually getting more than 20 points uh, for fantasy football. So if you started him, you have to be very happy. And uh, it was a great performance. And it's good to see DeAndre Hopkins get into the end zone because you know, he's getting the targets and a lot of the times the yards. And I think the thing that was holding him back was the scores. And uh, he got two of them today, so uh, good for him. Uh, a couple 
disappointments on, on the Texans was basically everyone else. I mean, Deshaun Watson, you're, you're pretty happy with, almost getting 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so, so you're not going to complain. It was, it was a, I guess, a high average uh, performance by Deshaun Watson. And, you know, you'll take it after what you had to endure last week when, you know, he didn't get much. But uh, Deshaun Watson looked great as well. And, uh, yeah, outside of that, there wasn't much. Kenny Stills only getting the one reception. Uh, big disappointment. Uh, you could pretty much drop him now that uh, Will Fuller came back. Uh, really, uh, like I said, uh, he was supposed to be the big play threat when uh, Fuller was gone and, and just didn't uh, didn't pan out the way you, you wanted it to. Which, which, you know, it's the way it goes. Um, overall, you know, this game is... The Texans were the better team, and even coming in, you thought the Texans were the better team, and they just basically proved it. The uh, the AFC South is really going to come down to these two teams, and I don't know. I just see the Texans pulling away for the last five games of the year to uh, to claim that. And you're wondering right now, you know, the Colts are on the cusp of being a playoff team, but I really think at the end of the season that they're on the outside looking in for the, for the playoffs. Let's get right into our start and sit segment. Uh, and I decided to add a new line in regards to the uh, point spread for you gambling fools out there. Uh, I know gambling's a, a big thing and uh, wanted to give you my thoughts on that. So the Dolphins at the Browns. The Browns are favored by 10.5 points. They're at home. You know, it, I'm taking Dolphins in the points. Not that I don't think the Browns are going to win this game, but 10.5 points are a lot in the NFL. And even the Dolphins visiting the Browns, um, the Dolphins have been playing better as of late, and I just don't see the Dolphins giving up 10.5 points to the Browns in, in this type of scenario. So if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins and, and the 10.5. Um on to uh, the fantasy football aspect of the start and sit. In, you know, on the Dolphin side of the ball, I don't really like anybody at all, actually. Um, you know, the Dolphins released Mark Walton, which we'll get into uh, in, in the next podcast. But uh, Balazs isn't something to uh, be excited about. I, I do like Fitzpatrick. I think he can have a decent day. And I like Devontae Parker. So I guess out of if you're starting a Dolphin, Devontae Parker is the guy to to start. Outside of that, I'm not big on anyone, really. Um, Albert Wilson, no. Um, I guess I already mentioned Kalen Balage, no. Uh, Mike Kosicki, I'm not big on him this week. So... You know, I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he has a decent game. Um, I think he'll spread the ball around. But I think, uh, again, the big culprit of a lot of those passes is going to be Devontae Parker. So if you have Devontae Parker, great, because I think he's a good start for the rest of the year. And he's going to be one of those receivers that uh, come out of nowhere and end up producing at uh, at, at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, when it comes to drafting next year, 
you're not going to remember the first 10 weeks, but you're going to remember the, the last six and uh, what Devontae Parker was, was able to do. Uh, the big thing on the Brown side is I like Baker Mayfield. And, in fact, I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I think he's going to have a huge game. Um, he has all of his weapons. Odell Beckham Jr., I think, actually has his first meaningful game uh, the whole year. Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to be a, a stud. I, he's going to get a lot of yards. And obviously Nick Chubb, you're going to start him. Nick Chubb is, you know, this is the fantasy gold that you hope for with this type of matchup for uh, for Nick Chubb. And he started off slow, but uh, Cleveland's really starting to incorporate him. And when you have a defense that, that is this bad at stopping the rush, you, you really need to, uh, to go with uh, your horse that you have there. Um... David uh, Joku is coming back from an injury, and that's intriguing. Uh, I don't think you start him yet. You want to see what you got from David Joku and see what his share is going to be this week. I think after this week he's a safe bet, and, and you would want to start him because he's you know he's a good tight end. Um, I'm just kind of hesitant in regards to his injury and him coming back for this first week. Um, but keep that on your radar because he is a, a good pickup for, for those that dropped him and, and wasn't patient enough to wait for him to uh, get back from IR. Uh, he, he definitely is a good pickup and, and play for the rest of the year. But, uh, again, this, this week specifically, I think, uh, I, think he ha- I think he slows – I think he needs to prove himself is, is uh, the the big factor in this whole thing. Um, outside of that, Kareem Hunt, I think he's a play, which, you know, I'm building up Nick Chubb as he's actually one of my top plays this week, but Kareem Hunt was the third receiving option for the Browns the Thursday night, and I liked what I saw. He's getting a lot of the targets out of the backfield, and I think that continues. So I think he's a decent play. Like if you have a flex position and you know you need somebody, Cream Hunt might not be a bad play against the Dolphins defense, and uh, he definitely should be on people's radars. If you haven't picked him up, you need to be watching him to uh, to pick him up. Next game is the Broncos at Bills. Bills are favored by four, and I think you need to take the Bills with the four points. The reason why I say that is the Broncos are, even when they're a decent team, for whatever reason, cannot play in Buffalo. You know, there was a couple years where they only lost three games, and and Buffalo only won like three games, but they would go roll into Buffalo and the Broncos would still lose. So I'm all about the Bills and the four points, and... I think if you know if you're betting on that game that you need to take the Bills, um, and, and on top of that, three of Denver's starting offensive linemen uh, are missing practice, and one of them is Dalte Riz, or Dalton Risner, who uh, the rookie from Kansas State has been you know a, a huge asset for the Broncos, and if he's not playing, I'm not really big on the rest of the offensive line, um, especially you know if uh, Ron Leary is sideline. Um, On the on the uh, on the Broncos, um, I'm starting Philip Lindsay. I feel good about him. I think he's a good play against this this Buffalo Bill defense. Uh, I'm not big on Royce Freeman. I I think that ship is sailed for most of the year. 
uh, it's going to be Lindsay uh, Freeman. You know, he's a, he's a complimentary piece, and the offense isn't strong enough for him to be a factor. I think if uh, there's better quarterback play, he would be. But uh, as of right now, he's just not. And uh, Noah Fant, I like him in this game. You know, the Bills aren't horrible against the uh, tight end, and I've mentioned that before. But I think this could be a good game for Noah Fant. And, and Cortland Sutton, I, I think it could be a big game for him. And I say that, and Tredavious White is going to be the cornerback probably on him in, in most situations. So that's going to really limit Sutton's uh, effectiveness. But you don't really have anyone else to throw to. So in that regard, I just think that his targets and volume will be in so insane that it actually makes him productive yardage-wise. And, and who knows, he, you know, if he can get a touchdown out of that, that's even better. Um, you know, Bronco, anyone else on the Broncos, Brandon Allen, you're, you're definitely not starting. Uh, so outside of those Denver Broncos that I mentioned, I would just be benching everybody else uh, on the bill side. Uh, Josh Allen, I'm, I'm not big on him this week. He had a great week last week and, uh, good for him. But, uh, I think overall, Denver's defense have been, has been underperforming, but you know there, there's always room for improvement. And uh, Denver's one of those defenses where they're kind of scary every week. Where I think they could do better than they do. Um, but saying that, you know, I don't see Frank Gore having a big game rushing the ball. I love Singletary. I think he's a great back. I, I think he's not being utilized the way he should in Buffalo. He should be definitely getting a lot more uh, volume or a lot more targets than he's getting. And uh, But I don't like him in this game either. John Brown uh, I don't think is effective. I think if you're looking at the uh, offensive weapon, Cole Beasley is probably the own at this point. Um and John Brown is having a great year. I just, I don't, I don't, I always see the secondary receiver in, uh, on any offense against Denver being the big start. And, um, yeah, I just don't see that with, with Josh Brown this week. So, you know, you could, you could safely not bench him, uh, but play him and, not be disappointed by, you know, 60, 70 yards, and, and that's it. Next game is the Steelers at the Bengals. Steelers are favored by six and a half points, which at this stage I think is asinine. If, if you are betting on this game, go with the Bengals and take the six and a half points. Bengals are at home, and I, I say this because Juju Smith-Schuster's looks like he's not going to play. James Conner looks like he's not going to play. Dante Johnson looks more like he's going to play than not play, but he might not play. And really that leaves you Mason Rudolph trying to throw to James Washington and Jalen Samuels. And they're not going to have much of a rushing game because we've seen what Terrell Edmonds and Jalen Samuels looks like, and it's not a good thing. So I think the Steelers' defense dominates and is really good it makes it a low scoring game but i don't see the steelers offense moving the ball very well and 
could put the defense in some bad spots in regards to the Bengals being able to score. Uh, if Mason Rudolph is uh, able to be efficient and not turn over the ball, it, it definitely could be a different story. Um, but if I was the Bengals, I would, I would run like every down and make the Steelers beat me through the air with Mason Rudolph, and I would bet on that. And if he can't do it, then, you know, great. Uh, but I'd, I'd put the game on my, on my defense, and Mason Rudolph is a completely different quarterback on the road than he is at home, and I mean the the splits on that are just ridiculous in regards to how bad he is on the road. So uh, I, I definitely am taking that into account as well. Um, issue with the Bengals is they don't really have many receivers. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd's been non-existent lately uh, with the new quarterback, Ryan Finley. Auden Tate has a concussion. Uh, Stanley Morgan has been ill. A.J. Green's probably not going to play with that ankle. And if I'm A.J. Green, I probably won't be playing if my team was 0-10 and I was going into a uh, potentially a big payday. What's my incentive to go out there and risk my body uh, for a lost cause? Uh, and that's kind of today's NFL in that regard. But I get it. Uh, you're worth millions of dollars. Uh, why risk that at the expense of, you know, that paycheck? On the Steelers, I would start, man, I don't know if I would start anyone on this. Maybe Vance McDonald. I think uh, Mason Rudolph needs an outlet. There's no one to throw to. Vance McDonald actually has great separation. Uh, Mason Rudolph is just not looking for him. I think if it was Ben Roethlisberger, Vance McDonald would have had a huge year this year. Um, but he, he definitely needs to be uh, he needs to be playing for sure in this game as a start. Uh, again, Samuel's I'm I'm not big on, even though. Bengals are the worst team at defending the running back position. I, I think if anyone's going to break through, it's going to be Benny Snell. So he could be like a sneaky sleeper pick this week in regards to production at the running back position because the Bengals are horrible at stopping the running back. And Benny Snell is the only one I see if James Conner's out that can uh, take advantage of that. So keep that on your radar on Sunday. Um, if Benny Snell's playing... I think he's the re the running back to own uh, against the Bengals. Uh, I like James Washington for the same reason like Vance McDonald. He's going to be one of the only uh, skill position players with experience that's going to be an option, and uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. And he already has a rapport with Mason Rudolph, but them going to the same college, and you've seen it the last couple of weeks of him relying on James Washington a little bit more. And uh, it's really starting to uh, show up on the, on the stat line. And, and I'm thinking that will improve. On the Bengals side of the ball, Joe Mixon I would have been big on, but Steelers' defense is stout, man, and they're not giving up any rushing yards. So uh, I'm not big on, on Joe Mixon this week. I'm not big on Tyler Eifert, Tyler Boyd. I'm really not big on any Bengals at this juncture. And... It's sad to say because I, I think the Bengals have a chance for their first win with how depleted the Steelers are. But they're not depleted on defense, and that's where it matters in fantasy football. 
And, uh, you know, as a play, I like the Steelers' defense a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, I don't like the weapons that the, the Bengals are going to be bringing uh, to the Steelers' defense. It's almost unfair. And uh, it, another betting uh, pointer is if you're betting on the points, I definitely would bet the under on this because I just don't see the Steelers scoring and I don't see the Bengals scoring much in, in this game. So now we're getting into the Giants and the Bears. Man, this game is a whole lot of funk for me. Um, except for I do like I, I like Mitch Trubisky in this. And it's sad to say because Mitch Trubisky has been my ghost week after week after week. And I think Mitch Trubisky is a horrible quarterback. And I, it's not that I wish him ill will, but... He is just not good and consistently bringing his team down. But this week, he's playing the Giants, who give up a lot of passing yards. And Mitchell Trubisky is actually pretty decent against really bad defenses. Um, it's everyone else that he's horrible at uh, or playing quarterback with. Um, so I, I like Mitchell Trubisky. I like David Montgomery in this game. You see what running backs can do against the Giants. It's just a question on if the Bears will take advantage of that and use David Montgomery. David Montgomery has been, it's criminal, his usage this season. He could be definitely a, a great running back, and uh, they're just not giving him the volume to be successful. And to be honest, the Bears' offensive line has been disappointing, and they're not really opening holes for the running back position, too, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. It's just such a shame because I really think David Montgomery's a talent that uh, deserves better. And, you know, coming into the season, I thought he was in a perfect situation to excel, and uh, it just hasn't been the case. But uh, for this week, I, I definitely like David Montgomery against this Giants defense. Um, Tariq Cohen, I think he has a potential for a decent gain. Uh, so if you're looking at Tariq Cohen, I know in my league he's he's available. He's probably uh, available in most leagues, but uh, he uh, he definitely can could have a decent game. I really like Allen Robinson this week. I think he's a great play against this Giants defense. He's been quiet, and I, and I don't blame Allen Robinson by any means. Um, we all know it's, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. But uh, I think Allen Robinson really rebounds this week and has a, has a big game. So uh, outside of Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel's kind of sneaky. Um, you know, I mentioned Anthony Miller last week, and, and this week, you know, I... I don't like him and not I don't like him not because of his matchup. I just need to see the Bears start to utilize him more. Um I, I think they're gonna start because he's a weapon that they've just pretty much ignored. And what the Bears are showing me right now is that they're riding and dying off of Mitchell Trubisky because of him being Nagy's draft pick and Pace's draft pick, the general manager, they 
you know, you draft a quarterback that high, he needs to pan out, and, and they're trying to force feed him, and they're, you know, trying to force him to pan out because if he doesn't, that might be their jobs. And so they're sticking with the, with them way longer than most teams would stick with a quarterback just for that reason. Um, on the Giants side of the ball, I don't like anybody because, you know, the Bears' defense is pretty good. And, uh, you know, the thing that's been holding them back is how bad their offense has been. So, you know, Evan Ingram's hurt. He's he's not going to probably play. So Quan Barkley, you know, is going to face a stacked box. Could be like 11-man. Could be a 12-man box, uh, even though 12 men aren't even allowed on the field. Uh, that's how much I think the uh, Bears are going to try to keep uh, Saquon Barkley from hurting them. Um, Sterling Shepard's back, which is going to be great. He's recovering from his concussion, and he'll have his first game. He uh, is is a great player, but I think in this situation, you know, he, he does most of his work from the slot, or at least his, his good work is from the slot, um, which, you know, now they got Golden Tate, so you're wondering how much that's going to affect Sterling Shepard because Gold, Golden Tate's not going anywhere. He's he's definitely going to be um, the, the target in on the Giants. And, and Darian Slayton's really come on as a rookie. But against the Bears' defense, I, I just don't feel confident starting any of those guys thinking that they're going to have an amazing week. So unless you really have to start them, I'm definitely out on uh, – all, all the Giants players for uh, for this week. And the Bears are favored by six points. You know, it, it's at Chicago, but I'm thinking I'm taking the Giants on this and the points. You give me six points against the Bears with how bad that the Bears' offense consistently is. Uh, I, I like the six points with the Giants on this. And... Uh, so if you're doing any type of trifecta or just straight up, definitely take the Giants. The Jets Raiders. Now, this is a game I'm actually kind of excited about, to be honest. Um, to start off, I, I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, the Raiders are not good at stopping the pass. And... Saying that, I see a big game from Sam Darnold. I I think, you know, especially, you know, Robbie Anderson could be a big play. I love Ryan Griffin. I think he's the pickup of the week, and you need to be starting him, regardless of who your tight end is. And and I, I say that even if you have, you know, what's a big tight end? Zach Ertz. I would actually start Ryan Griffin. That's how big I am on him this week against this uh, Raiders defense. He's been a top five tight end two or three of the you know last four weeks. Um, so that you know, with production hard to come by the, at the tight end position, he's definitely pulled his worth. So I'm starting Darnold. I'm starting Ryan Griffin, and I like Robbie Anderson. Like I mentioned before. I think he's big play dependent, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see that, uh, especially with the Raiders giving up so many big plays. So I, I definitely like uh, Robbie Anderson. Jamison Crowder, how can you not not like him? He just gets a lot of targets. So I like him in regards to if you're a PPR league 
you want Crowder, but I, I'm not seeing the big production games that he's had recently. Um, I, I'm not sure he scores. Um, he might get, you know, 60 yards or so, but I really think that uh, he has a limited ceiling compared to most weeks, um, which, you know, saying that, I'm a big Jamison Crowder fan. On the Raiders' side of the ball, David Carr. love David Carr. I think he has a monster week. Um, you really, you know, you need to be starting him if, if you have him on your team. Uh, Tyrell Williams I love just as much. The Jets secondary, if you haven't heard, is a big mess. And Tyrell Williams is set up to have a really big game. And, and we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But uh, Tyrell is is going to be the man. And I'm even adding Hunter Renfro into that mix. I think Hunter Renfro has a decent game. Um, but on the flip side of that, I don't think Darren Waller has as good of a game I think he will get have, you know, about 40, 45 to 55 yards. Um, they'll try to get him the ball, but uh, I, I think that's why Renfro has a, a big game is he's going to be the one that they're going to be able to get the ball to in the middle of the field. Josh Jacobs, he's been hurt. He's limited in practice, but he's supposed to play. I like Josh Jacobs in this game, but uh, with – the, all the weapons that the the Raiders are accumulating, uh, or discovering, I should say, discovering is probably a better word. In these last couple of weeks, um, I I could see them getting away from Josh Jacobs a little bit. Uh, Josh Jacobs is still a, a fantasy play by all means, but uh, I just see him maxing out at around fourteen points or so. Uh, on the Jets side of the ball, uh, again, you know, I, I mentioned. Darnold, I mentioned Anderson. Le'Veon Bell, I think Le'Veon Bell has a big game. Uh, he's going to have one of those games that he's been missing. Uh, for a first-round draft pick, he's been disappointing and hasn't been you know, in the top 10, I think maybe once all year, which you expect more from him. Uh, but I think this is a game that uh, he can approach that again. So if you have Le'Veon Bell, you need to plug him in there and uh, roll the dice and, and see what happens. By saying that, though, I'm not I'm not putting my stamp of approval on Le'Veon Bell. He has a lot to prove and show everybody, and uh, I think he has a good matchup. But it, you know, again, it's up to him on how he takes advantage of it. But he hasn't been taking advantage uh, as much as what fantasy owners have expected or has have wanted uh, so far this season. big thing on the uh, point spread is the Raiders are favored by two and a half points going into New York. I think that's criminal. I know the Raiders have to go to the complete other coast and the Jets are actually playing better. But uh, in this game, I would actually take the Raiders and the two and a half points um, because... I, you know, I, I think it's going to be close, but I think the Raiders win by at least a field goal. So uh, you're, you're betting on this game. The the Raiders are, are the play to uh, to bet on as, uh, again, it's 2.5, and I, the Raiders win by more. Speaking of point spreads, this next game, Panthers and the Saints. 
Saints are favored by nine and a half points. They're at home against the Panthers. I, I think everyone's remembering the Panthers' last game where Kyle Allen threw four picks. Um, I'm taking the Panthers and give me the points on that. Um, I think the Saints are the better team and they win. But in, in the NFL, you give me 10 points, close to 10 points, I'm taking them. So I go with the Panthers on this one. In regards to uh, starting and sitting uh, on the Saints side of the ball, I really like Alvin Kamara. I like Latavius Murray. You need to start them. The Panthers can't stop the run. They're really bad at uh, stopping the running back position in general. So if I have any running back from the Saints, I'm, I'm throwing them in there and, and seeing what happens. Uh, saying that, uh, even in the air, I like Michael Thomas. Panthers aren't that great at stopping the primary receiver. That happens to be Michael Thomas. So definitely roll with Michael Thomas. I'm staying away from everyone else, though. Maybe Jared Cook. I'd play him if I have him, but... You know, I think he's a top 12 tight end, but he's not one of my top tight ends, uh, if that makes any sense. But, you know, like Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, all those guys, I'm kind of out. Uh, I'm not getting into those weeds. There's just too much, uh, too many options outside of Thomas in regards to who could maybe produce. So I'm staying away from that. Um, Drew Brees, yeah, of course you're starting Drew Brees. He's the one of the goats of the NFL, and with good reason. So you're playing Drew Brees if you have him. On the Panther side of the ball, I'm sitting Kyle Allen. Uh, not impressed with him last week, but, you know, NFL's a week-to-week game, and I'm just not impressed with what he might be able to do against the Saints. Uh, McCaffrey, we don't need to talk about. I say this every week. You're starting McCaffrey. He's insane. He's on a historic run, catching the ball, running the ball. He, and he just made 99 in Madden this, uh, this past day or two. And there's only been like six running backs since Madden's been made that have made level 99. I think like Barry Sanders, Ladanian Tomlinson. So he's in good company in regards to the 99 company at Madden. And he deserves it. He's... You know, he's the big weapon with the Panthers, and uh, I think the Panthers would be in a world of hurt if it wasn't for McCaffrey. So you're starting McCaffrey. Greg Olson, I think you're starting Greg Olson. I, I, I think he uh, can produce enough to make it worth your while. Definitely a top 12 tight end. And uh, DJ Moore is, you know, he's a target. Uh, he's getting all the targets. So in that regard, I think you can start DJ Moore even though he's potentially will go against uh, Lattimore. But uh, Marshawn missed last week, and uh, he hasn't been practicing this week. So uh, I would play him with uh, Lattimore, and if he's not playing, I like him even more, and you definitely need to be playing him. Saying that, I I don't like Curtis Samuel. I just don't think he's going to have a big game uh, as that secondary receiver. You know, if he scores a touchdown, that's great. That will help out, but that's what you're hoping for. And any player you're hoping for touchdowns, I don't like to recommend because tight ends are such a crapshoot in this league. And if you can predict touchdowns, you're, uh, you, you know, you're going to dominate FanDuel uh, every week, and it's just so hard to do. Um, 
saying that, uh, you know, I like the Saints' defense as a play. So if you have the Saints' defense, you're obviously playing them against the Panthers. Just because Kyle Allen's been so turnover-prone these last couple of weeks and, and hasn't been scoring the touchdowns that, uh, you know, that uh, equal the amount of interceptions that he's been throwing. So, uh, you know, forgot to mention... Well, I did mention Jared Cook earlier. Um, again, you're playing him. If you have him, he's going to be top 12 as well. But uh, not not a lot of options in regards to the uh, the Panthers. So I can see this game being lower scoring than what people think. Um, both have pretty decent defenses that could be productive. And... Yeah, it's it's not going to be it's a division game and whatever reason those division games in the south just uh don't turn out as high scoring as what you think and uh you always come away a little disappointed. I think this game might be one of those to be honest. Now we're hitting the big game. This is actually the game that I'm most excited about. And I would be lying if I didn't say it scared me a little bit because it's kind of going back to the NFC South again. Um, you know, you have the Panthers and the Saints. Well, you have the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Falcons are favored by four and a half points. They're at home in the Dome. And I think you take the Falcons and the points because their defense has been completely different the last couple of weeks. And Buccaneers, with how turnover prone Jameis Winston is you need to take the Falcons and the points uh, saying that on the Falcon side of the ball I really like Matt Ryan everyone likes Matt Ryan though so you're going to hear this from everyone you listen to that you need to start Matt Ryan and it's true you do uh, Tampa Bay is the worst team uh, against the pass but they're the number one team against running backs and so saying that you know, it looks like Devonta Freeman's not going to play again. Well, that's going to be Brian Hill. And I'm not saying to bench Brian Hill because of him letting us down last week. Uh, you expected a big performance that you didn't get. But I'm saying to bench him now because he uh, just has a great matchup against Tampa Bay. And they're the best team against the running backs. Uh Godwin and Evans, I like a lot. You need to be playing them, both of them. I see big games from them. I, I see a big game from Jameis Winston, but I'm staying away from him just because of the turnovers. Now, if I have him in like a standard league and you know I'm just playing him, of course I'm rolling the die with Jameis Winston. But uh, if I'm in like a FanDuel type atmosphere, I'm, I'm definitely staying away from Jameis Winston, and, and especially the way the Falcons' defense has been playing. They've been stifling everybody, uh, the Panthers, the Saints before that. And I just see the same fate for the the Buccaneers. So, you know, Ronald Jones, I think he's a sit. Um, he's not getting the ball as much as you would expect for him being a starting running back. And so I'd just stay away from the Tampa Bay running back position completely. It's just not worth it. Uh, moving along to tight end. Cameron Bray, I think, is the play here. O.J. Howard pretty much showed that he's not fitting into Bruce Arians' offense. Bruce Arians is not using him much in the offense. So Cameron Bray is the play, and I think Cameron Bray might 
have a decent game against the Falcons, so he's definitely a play. And uh, on the other side of the ball with the Falcons, Julio Jones, I think, has a big game. And he's been great this year. He just hasn't been scoring, and you hate to see that, but this might be the game that, uh, you know, he gets off the schneid a little bit and scores that touchdown. So you need to be playing Julio Jones and play him with confidence. I I, I think he's going to have a big game. I also think Calvin Ridley's going to have a big game. So if you have Calvin Ridley or you don't and you want him, get him and, and play him because I think he's going to have a huge game this week. The Buccaneers don't have anyone that can cover Ridley. They're using their second and third receivers for him, or sorry, second and third cornerbacks for him. Uh, I think it really sets up for Calvin Ridley, and I'll even, uh, you'll find out later in regards to my, my picks of the week and vandals of what, what I think of Calvin Ridley this week. Um, Russell Gage I like. I think he can have a, uh, he's kind of a sneaky play. And I like him, especially if when Austin Hooper is out, because they're not using their other tight ends. Um, Graham I, is their catching tight end now that Hooper's out, and he could surprise you and get a touchdown just because the Buccaneers are horrible at defending the tight end. But if I'm putting my money on it, I'm, I'm you know, Russell Gage is working in the middle of the field for this offense from the slot, and he is, I think, a bigger play for me than, uh, than Graham would be. And that's not even guessing. Like, that's just, that's that's the way they're using Gage now in this offense with Hooper gone is really encouraging. So uh, I like him a lot. Next game is Lions at the Redskins. I The Lions are favored by three and a half points. It's at, you know, at Washington. I'm taking the Lions and the points. Um, actually, I'm not taking the points. I'm taking the Lions and the 3.5. I just don't think Washington, especially with Dwayne Haskins, is going to be able to produce the way you'd like. So saying that, uh, Matthew Stafford is still not practicing. And it's crazy that I'm saying that uh, I think the Lions will cover a 3.5 spread, being the away team, with Jeff Driscoll being the quarterback. But that's where I'm putting my money on. Jeff Driscoll has actually had a decent game last week. I think he has a big game this week, and he's worth a play. If you have a quarterback on a bye, like say you have Mahomes on a bye, Driscoll is a decent pickup to uh, plug in for the week, uh, especially against the Redskins, who uh, give up a lot of points against the quarterback position. I also really love Bo Scarborough. I think he's a great play at running back. He is the one kind of taking over the backfield duties for the Lions. And, you know, Ty Johnson got his concussion. McKissick's more of a receiving threat. And Bo Scarborough is just, you know, he had a great game last week, and I could just see that continuing against the Redskins. So you, you definitely need to uh, keep your eye on him. If he's available, pick him up if you're hurting at running back and start him because that's how big of a week I think he has this week against this Redskins defense. Um, saying that, Marvin Jones and 
you know, I like Marvin Jones. He's proven that he can produce no matter whose quarterback is. Kind of like a Terry McLaren in a way. So I think you start Marvin Jones regardless on who he plays now because he just scores touchdowns. He's one of the leading receivers in touchdowns in the NFL. So you've you got to roll with Marvin Jones. I don't like Kenny Galladay. Everyone's saying he's going to have a, a bounce-back game. With, with dress, dress, Jeff Driscoll, I just don't see it. Uh, I'm I'm not playing Kenny Galladay with confidence. And, and you know, I hate to say that because I really like Kenny Gall, uh, Galladay as, you know, a receiver. Um, but uh, the the Motel Ho-Day, uh, was it? The Motel Hotel Galladay Inn. Uh, yeah, he's just not going to be productive this week. Um, TJ Hawkinson, you pretty much have to give up on the guy. Uh, he had a couple good games, but he just, even with good matchups, isn't relevant. So I'm benching him if I have him. I'm trying to find different options at this point. And um, on the other side of the ball, with, oh, I guess I should talk about Jeff Driscoll. Again, I think he has a big game. I need to pick him up. The Redskins, Drain Haskins, you're, you're benching him. I don't like Drain Haskins. I just, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. You know, I don't like him. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. But it's too early to give up on the guy. Um, you could be wrong about quarterbacks for sure. Um, I didn't like Cam Newton coming in, and he ended up being an MVP candidate one year. So I'm not, I'm not giving up on Dwayne Haskins just because of that. But this year I definitely don't think he has a game where I'm confident where I would even consider him. I like Adrian Peterson a lot in this game, but the big issue is he's kind of hurt, and so you're wondering how he's going to come back from that injury because he's not practicing, and if he does, how effective he's going to be. And then you add in the fact that Chris Thompson is coming back, and he's a great pass-catching uh, running back. He's going to be getting those targets. And then Darius Geis is still around and taking, uh, kind of needling in on Adrian Peterson's touches. So I just don't like that at all, and I'm staying away from that, you know, that whole situation and, uh, you know, benching Adrian Peterson Although if I thought he was healthy and playing and getting his regular touches, I would love this matchup and definitely be uh, telling everyone to, to start him at this point. Uh, receiver, Paul Richardson is hurt, still might be coming back. Wouldn't count on it. Terry McLaurin I like. Again, I think he's the only pass-catching option. But again, he's the only pass-catching option, so it makes it easy for Detroit to focus on him. So... You know, if you're playing him, you, you might expect some yards, but I don't necessarily see a touchdown by Terry McLaurin. And, yeah, I mean, Vernon Davis has been hurt, so, you know, who's going to be playing tight end at this point? You're pretty much staying away from all the Redskins, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, unless you are happy with a mediocre Terry McLaurin uh, stat line. If you're desperate, you might be playing him just to see what happens. But outside of that, yeah, I think it's the Lions all the way in regards to uh, 
their offensive weapons. And it pains me to say that because, you know, again, Jeff Driscoll is the quarterback. And so you're kind of really sticking your neck out there to say that they'll be productive with, uh, with Driscoll playing the quarterback position. The Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be a pretty good game. Uh, some significant injury news on both sides. The Eagles are favored by one and a half points. Uh, Seattle has to go all the way from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. Um, I, I think that line is about right. And I would take the Eagles in the points as I think the Eagles win. Uh, I just think it's really hard for West Coast teams to travel all the way east and, and vice versa with the east coast teams traveling all the way west so i think the eagles squeak it out and i would again take the eagles in the 1.5 points the seahawks have a situation where tyler lockett's leg is injured um he isn't practicing they expect him to potentially play having said that i can see tyler lockett playing this week and uh, But I'm not sure about how productive he would be. I know the Eagles secondary gives up a lot of points to receivers. But I really do think they're getting better. You know, I mentioned this the last couple of weeks where the Eagles are getting healthy in the secondary. And you're not seeing those big numbers that the receivers were putting up at the beginning of the year. I just think that they were so awful at the beginning of the year that it's weighing down their stats uh, currently. And, and so people you know, keep saying, oh, it's a great matchup against the Eagles. Well, it's not as great of a matchup as it was earlier on. Um, I, I don't think it is a dramatic change where they're amazing against the pass, but they're a lot better, and so it's not the matchup that you think it is based off of, you know, the, the what the stats show. So I could actually see a, a quieter day for Tyler Lockett. I do, however, really like D, uh, DK Metcalf. I think uh, this is a game where he'll uh, really excel, and you know, with Lockett being hurt, you're not sure how effective he's going to be. Uh, you kind of have to wait to see uh, on that. I mean, if you have him in your, your, your fantasy lineup, you're playing him. But uh, I think this game trends towards DK Metcalf having a, a bigger day, scoring some touchdowns. And uh, I, 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 as unconfident as I am in Tyler Lockett this week, I am really confident in DK Metcalf this week. Um, Josh Gordon, you know, he came over. He's, I still feel like being eased into the offense. I'm not expecting big things from Josh Gordon this week. Um, so he could actually be on your bench as of right now. I think he will have some value later on in the year towards playoff time. But uh, he hasn't shown anything in the Seattle offense to uh, make you feel confident in starting him this week. Uh, Chris Carson. You know, the Eagles are good against the rush. You're going to play Chris Carson because he's one of the top backs in the NFL. Um, but I, again, wouldn't expect huge numbers from Chris Carson this week. He, uh, you know, if you can get the average 10, great. But I think he dips a little bit below that this week. Um, so just, you know, prepare your roster accordingly. Uh, if you have some high upside guys or, or, or guys that uh, you can put in that you think can cover the points that Chris Carson won't get, uh, great. But uh, just to expect a little bit of a letdown from Chris Carson um, in regards to what you're used to seeing from him. Um, Russell Wilson, 
you got to like Russell Wilson always. He's an MVP candidate. You're starting him. You're starting him with confidence. So, I mean, this isn't really a discussion because even if he had a bad matchup, you're still playing him, and, and you should. Uh, Hollister, uh, Jacob Hollister, I think he's a good play this week. They're, he's really starting to come around and build a trust with uh, Russell Wilson. And as bad as the tight end position has been this year, you know, why not play Hollister? You know he's going to get targeted. Um, you know Russell Wilson's looking his way. He has a great quarterback that can get him the ball. So he needs to be a start uh, for you if you have him on your roster. Uh, Elijah Penny, uh, he's, really, he's really hard to predict in regards to his volume. He's a guy that you're having on your bench if you even have him rostered at this point. So he, he he's not really a factor uh, for this week in fantasy football. Moving on the Eagles side of the ball, Alshon Jeffrey is potentially hurt as well and could be coming back. Regardless on Alshon Jeffrey coming back or not, I think, you know, Seattle's secondary is kind of their weak spot, and he'd be a great play if he was healthy. I would play him if he plays because he's Alshon Jeffrey and it's the Seattle secondary, but again, you don't like to see a guy not practice all week and then try to go and play. Uh, it w- doesn't work out more often than it does work out. So my philosophy on that is I always like to sit out those guys regardless. And uh, again, I've, I haven't been burned by it as much as I have been burned by it. So that's my advice on that. I really like the tight end matchups, whether it's Ertz or Goddard. I think you need to be playing both of them. And I think they both are going to see a lot of action from Carson Wentz. There's not really a lot of options outside of those, especially if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't play. So you're starting them both with confidence if you have them on your, you know, the the tight end uh, roster for your team. You know, Jordan Howard, he's been hurt as well. We're not sure he's even playing. I think if he's playing, you're benching him regardless. So... I'm not big on Jordan Howard. I wouldn't be playing him this week. I do like Miles Sanders. Even if Howard is playing, I like Miles Sanders. Just because he gets a lot of the receiving targets, especially with Darren Sproles being out as well. It's going to all fall on Miles Sanders. And between the uh, targets he's going to get through the air and and the uh, volume he's going to get on the ground, uh, you know, if, if Howard plays, he's splitting carries. If he's not... Uh, he potentially could be splitting carries with Jay Ajayi. I just think it's going to be more Miles Sanders. So I think you can start Miles Sanders with, with confidence as like a flex position type guy. I, I'm not quite sold on him being a running back two at this point, uh, but he he could be a good flex coming into the game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar didn't practice, which, you know, is fine. Uh Aguilar would have actually a great matchup against Seattle at the slot position. Um, but, I mean, you're not really trusting Nelson Aguilar to produce. He He's, you know, started, had a couple games early where he really excelled with uh, when there's injuries and kind of falling off the map a little bit. And I'm, I'm not a big Nelson Aguilar guy this week. If he plays... I'm st- again, I'm still not a big guy on him, even though he has an amazing matchup against Seattle. Uh, in in that slot, Carson Wentz. I really like Carson Wentz this week. I think you need to be playing him. Uh, he's 
saying I really like him. I think he's a top 12 quarterback, which means you're starting him. But he's right on the cusp of that number 12. I, I, I put him around like the number 9, 10 spot. Um, so you can definitely play Carson Wentz with some confidence on that. Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are favored by three points at home, which, you know, the line is is fairly accurate. I like where that line's at. But I'm taking the Jaguars because I actually think the Jaguars might be able to upset the Titans at home. Um, it's going to be a close game. Uh, so I'm, giving, I'm taking the points with the Jaguars. You know, give me three against the Titans. These are always really close games. I like my odds with the, the Jaguars on that. And having said that, the Jaguars' offense, uh, Nick Foles, you know, I like that he's back. I think it does great things for the Jaguars' offense. But I'm not liking this game for uh, fantasy football perspectives. I just think it's kind of a muddy game in regards to uh, there's not a lot of value for if you're a fantasy football uh, owner of any of these players. You're going to start Leonard Fournette because he's Leonard Fournette. Um, Nick Foles, again, I I have him just outside of the top 12. So, I mean, if you want to play him, go for it. I just uh, not liking this matchup this week for him. And, you know, DJ Char, Chris Conley, they were both hurt with hamstrings and uh, were limited in practice. I think they both play, but I... You know, obviously you're playing DJ Chark without question. Uh, he seems to produce no matter w- what type of uh, opponent he's playing in regards to how well they defend the pass. So DJ Chark's a solid play. Leonard Fournette's a solid play. I'm benching Conley, Westbrook, basically everybody else on the Jaguars. I just don't see them have a lot of upside this week. On the Titans' uh, side of the ball... I'm starting Derrick Henry. Love the matchup. You know, you see what he does against the Jaguars week in and week out. Um, Well, I shouldn't say week in and week out, but he plays them twice a year and it seems to have big games against him. Last year, Derrick Henry was looking like a bust until he played the Jaguars twice and just exploded on them both times. Um, So you're starting uh, Derrick Henry. Um Tannehill, not sold on Tannehill in this game. I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback this week, so you can bench him. And that goes along with everybody else. Corey Davis, I'm not playing. A.J. Brown, I'm not playing. And, um, you know, at tight end, uh, Delaney Walker's been able to practice, but is he going to play? Who knows? I'm kind of staying away from that between him and Janu Smith because even if he does play um I don't know I, I need him to show everybody that he's ready to play and you know I, I sound conceited saying that like you need to show me show me that you can play Delaney Walker like I have a decision in uh you know his career or uh like I'm his coach but uh from a fantasy football perspective I'm, I'm not sold on Delaney Walker this week recovering from that injury and playing well uh, the Jaguars are susceptible through the air. You know, they traded Jalen Ramsey. So they're not the secondary that you remember um, from years past. But in these type of AFC South matchups, it always seems to be low scoring. 
and um, I just don't like the upside on either side to to really feel good about starting any of those players outside of Chark, Fournette, and uh, Derrick Henry. The Cowboys at the Patriots. This is uh, going to be a huge matchup. Uh, definitely way more important for the Cowboys than the Patriots. Uh, it's at New England, however. Uh, well, at Boston. Patriots are favored by six and a half points at home. And I'll be honest, I'm taking the Cowboys in the points uh, just for that fact that it is a huge game for Dallas. I'm not sold on the on the Cowboys, but uh, I think if the Patriots win, which I suspect that they do, um, it's not going to be by a touchdown. Um, there's definitely been a regression in the Patriots' offense. And uh, though their defense is still spectacular, they haven't been at their insane levels that they started the season on. So, again, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys in the, in the six and a half. Uh, I just think that's way too many points to leave on the table for, for a team the caliber of the Cowboys. Um, the, the issue, though, is the Cowboys are missing a lot of their line in practice with Collins and Martin uh, being out. They uh, both have, well, Collins has a knee and a back, and, and Martin has a back and an ankle and an elbow. Uh, so running the gambit on how many injuries he can accumulate, um, he might pick up something, another uh, joint or ligament uh, before the week is done. But I I don't like Ezekiel Elliott for that fact. Um, you know, if they all play great, if if they don't, then that's bad news. And the Patriots can be beat on the ground, but I look at it as one of those games where for the Cowboys to stay in it, they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. So, and, and we've had this discussion before. Elliott scored two touchdowns last week that kind of saved him. Uh, but stat-wise, he's still not getting the uh, stats that you would expect from a, a number one running back draft pick um, that, uh, you know, especially like top two or three draft pick that you had in fantasy football. Um, so in that regards, uh, I'm starting Ezekiel Elliott because you're not benching him, but I'm uh, if he's going to be touchdown dependent for sure. So you just hope he gets those touchdowns. Uh, Jason Witten... You know, he's old. It's Jason Witten. Blake Jarwin actually takes into some of his targets. He's a receiving option as well. So you're staying away from Cowboys tight ends in this one. I, you know, Gallup, I like Gallup. Um, but it's against the Patriots, and so I don't think he has a lot of upside. I think if he can get you, you know, 60 to 80 yards, would I think is his ceiling. If he scores a touchdown, great. That helps you out. But uh, I think there's other receiver plays with more upside. Uh, and, and if you have those better matchups, you should play those other receivers. Now, if you're forced to play him, great. You could do worse. Uh, and I'm saying the same thing about Amari Cooper. He's on the road. He's very inconsistent and streaky. So I, I, I'm Patriots are great at taking away the best number one option of an offense and trying to let everyone else beat them. And I'm pretty sure that Amari Cooper is that guy that they're going to take away from the Cowboys and try to make the other components on that team beat them. 
So saying that I, I'm not big on Amari Cooper. Of course, you are starting Amari Cooper because he's Amari Cooper. Um, I've actually seen people bench him, which is insane to me. Um, but he's, you know, he, he's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of play. When he's at home, he's uh, 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 Dr. Jekyll. And when uh, he's uh, visiting other stadiums, he's Mr. Hyde for sure. So if you have a have Amari Cooper prepare for the worst and you know if he he does have a decent game uh yeah be be pleasantly surprised with that on the well in Dak Prescott you're playing him regardless so I I don't want to get too much into it but I don't like the matchup with the Patriots either I don't think Dak Prescott has a great game against them um and if you have a better option I don't think you know, I know Dak Prescott's an MVP candidate, but in this game, you know, if you have a different option like a, a Darnold or a Carr or a Baker Mayfield, you might consider playing them um, because it's getting down to the nitty-gritty where you're trying to make the playoffs and you don't want to put in bad matchups. And Dak Prescott, even though he's an MVP candidate, he's still, I don't think, an automatic play for me at quarterback because he's had too many of those clunker-type games uh, against really good uh, pass defenses. So it, it definitely makes me nervous a little bit. On the Patriots side of the ball, you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I don't buy in the fact he's getting older and showing his age. I just think they've had a couple bad games and haven't been able to click on offense. Um, but having said that, I don't think he has a great game against the Cowboys. And you know, people are building up the Dallas Cowboys defense. You know, I did it last week when I picked them for FanDuel, and they've been disappointing. They, I, I think they're going the opposite direction. And I, I, I'm even hearing this week about how good the Cowboys defense is, but they haven't really shown that in the last three weeks, you know. Uh, so I'm not sold on them as a defense like I was earlier in the year, which is uh, unfortunate. But so I think that opens up the the gates for you know Julian Edelman if he plays I know he's nursing an injury but you want to play him if uh, he does play Philip Dorsett I like uh, Mohamed Sanu is hurt so he might play but then he might not I'm out on that I'm not playing Sanu I'm not touching him uh, New England has a lot of options uh, and I like Dorsett and Edelman through the air if that's the case and I like James White in this. You know, James White's the receiving running back for them. He gets most of their air targets. And I think that's a great recipe against the Cowboys to beat them. So I think he's incorporated into the game plan a lot. So I like him. Uh, the human PlayStation, Sony Michelle. I'm out. I'm probably out on Sony Michelle the rest of the year. Uh, we'll see. But I'm putting him on the bench. I mean, there's very few running backs that I would start Sony Michelle over um, at this point, especially this week. So rest them safely on your bench. Wish for better matchups. Um, but I'm just not seeing him do anything against the uh, Cowboys offense. Um, or defense, I should say, sorry. Tight end for the Patriots. Uh, I'm out. I'm out on them all year. Uh, it's not a point of discussion. So, uh, Burkhead, you know, basically James White. If you have James White, play him at running back for Patriots.
Packers at the 49ers in San Francisco. I don't know what to make of this game. 49ers are favored by three. I think the Packers come in and beat the 49ers. I just have that feeling. Um, so give me the three points in the Packers on this one. For the Packers, you know, Jimmy Graham's hurt, hasn't been participating. I'm benching him anyways. I don't see Jimmy Graham being a option uh, against the 49ers. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course, you're playing him all day, every day. And I'm not playing anyone else. Uh, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, not playing. Not playing Geronimo Allison. Not playing Jake Kumaro. Not playing Alan Lazard. I'm not playing anybody. I'm playing Devontae Adams. I do like Aaron Jones in this game because he's Aaron Jones. I... The Niners are a great defense, so I think they bottle him up a little bit, so he's not going to get your, you know, three-touchdown game, but uh, yardage-wise, I think he can get you, like, 80 total yards and a touchdown, which is, is good. It's a good uh, output for a running back. Um, having said that, Jamal Williams, not as impressed with this week. I think he's going to be pretty much a non-factor. Uh, I think he tops out at about the 50-yard mark. Um, and I don't see him scoring, so, uh, yeah, Dante Adams and Aaron Jones are, are my two starts, and you're starting those guys anyways, you don't need me to tell you to start them, you're starting them because of who they are. Uh, same with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I don't like this matchup, I don't see him having a big game, and Aaron Rodgers has definitely become kind of matchup dependent this year, and I don't like this matchup that he has, so... You know, you're, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, great. Um, that's, you know, he, he definitely has the talent to have a good game. I just don't feel like this is a matchup that will he'll, he'll be that effective in. 49ers on their side of the ball. George Kittle still hurt. Uh, Matt Breida is hurt. Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel are hurt. Um, they haven't been practicing. I think, you know... Breida's going to be out. I think Kittle's going to be out. I think Sanders is going to be out. But I do think Debo Samuel's going to play. And I would actually play Debo Samuels. I, I like the play. Um, I think he's effective. I don't like any of the other receivers outside of Debo Samuels, really. So uh, if you have Debo Samuel, you can uh, you can play him. Tevin Coleman, I like a whole lot. Um, I know Moster is Marheem Moster is still going to be you utilize if Brita doesn't play, so that's going to take away a little bit from Tevin Coleman. But, you know, the Packers are, are actually decent at stopping the pass. They're they're not so great at the run. Uh, they've been kind of a little leaky uh, against the run. So this is a good matchup for Coleman, and I think you can start him. Ross Dwelly, my man, I'm not going to Dwelly on it, but I'm putting him in my lineup. He scores touchdowns. You know, he didn't get... He got like 14 yards last game, but he got two touchdowns. You're, you're playing Ross Dwelly, and, uh, you know, at, at tight end, you're, you're going to feel pretty confident about it. I don't see a reason why he can't continue what he's been doing. Of course, he's a non-factor once George Kittle comes back, so you want to watch out for that. So if somehow George Kittle makes a miraculous recovery and, and is able to suit up on Sunday. Uh, but be careful because this is the Sunday night game. So you definitely want your other options available to switch in and out. 
uh, if you're a George Kittle owner and you have Ross Dwelly, you don't have to worry about it. But uh, if not, you definitely need another option uh, just in case. So I definitely would be getting, you know, one of the Monday night options at tight end. Uh, or again, you know, the uh, having both uh, Kittle and Dwelly. Looking back at everything else with the uh, defenses, you know, I think Niners defense is an okay play. Packers aren't a pushover, though. So if you're looking at just points, I don't think the Niners hold the Packers to, uh, you know, a, a low amount of points. But I can definitely see some turnovers. And, and I think that's where they are a good play defensively. Packers, on the other hand, uh, I, I think they're a pretty solid defense overall. But I think there's better defensive matchups if you can stream. Uh, I would I would do that over just rolling with the the Packers, especially again you're 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 close to the playoffs, and if you're fighting for a playoff position, you want to uh, maximize your your points the best way that you can. The Monday Night Spectacular: Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be one for the ages. Um, Woods and Cooks both should play which is good news for fantasy owners. The Rams' offense looks a ton better when they have all three of their receiving options, especially when you mix in Todd Gurley. And, you know, the Ravens' pass defense, uh, since they've traded for Peters and Jimmy Smith came back, has looked a whole lot better. So you're going to need all three of those options. Uh, Ravens are favored by three and a half points. I'm taking the Rams in the points. I think this might be a upset uh, with the Rams being at home. Goff plays a lot better at home than he does on the road, significantly better. And even if the Ravens win, I, I think the Rams cover the spread of 3.5. So uh, take that for what that is worth. Uh, Ravens side of the ball, you're starting Lamar Jackson, no question. If you don't start Lamar Jackson, you're just stupid. Um He's the MVP candidate. He should be the MVP, to be honest. And it doesn't matter who he's playing. You're, you're playing him. Uh, Marquise Brown, kind of out on him. He's hurt. Who knows? You know, he, he's been playing. But uh, he hasn't been consistently effective. So I'm, I'm kind of out on Marquise Brown this week. Um, same thing with Willie Sneed. Uh Rams are, 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 you know, they do give up points to the slot receiver, and, and that would be Willie Sneed. But Willie Sneed has not been, you know, not that he hasn't been good. He just hasn't been a factor in the Ravens' offense. So you're not really thinking of – you just have way too many better options, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, I do like Mark Ingram. You're playing him. Andrews, Mark Andrews, you're playing him. I like that connection between Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And uh, I think Ingram has a great game. Um, I think he can come, you know, go back to being a 100-yard rusher this week against the Rams. And, and the Rams are pretty decent against the run. I just think that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is going to be their main focus and it's going to open up the uh, field a little bit for the running back position. So uh, definitely a good play. Uh, if, if you are, you know, you have him. Ram side, I, 
I don't like Goff as a starter. I know I like him at home better than on the road. And I think, you know, against the Ravens defense, it's a tough matchup. I think he does better, especially with Cooks and Woods coming back. It makes it better. But I don't like I, – I, he's outside my top 12, so I would be benching Goff for Monday night. Um, those are points you don't want to chase. I, I like Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is the man. He can catch, receive. They're starting to use him more in the offense, which they should do because – they need to win, and it's great trying to preserve him for the playoffs, but you need to make the playoffs. And Rams are kind of in that spot where they need to make the playoffs. They're they're the, on the outside looking in. Todd Gurley is a, a great play this week. Um, Gerald Everett, I like him as a play this week. He's been quiet for a while now, uh, two or three weeks. But in, in this matchup, I, I think, uh, you know, the – I think where the Ravens are susceptible is the middle of the field um, because their cornerbacks are pretty good. And, and that's the reason why I'm not big on Cooks and I'm not big on Woods. Uh, give me Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett all day long. Um, if they happen to not play, even though they're supposed to play, you have Josh Reynolds. And I'm completely out on Josh Reynolds just because he'll slide over to one of those outside receiver spots and, and more than likely most of the time be matched up with Peters or Jimmy Smith. And I don't like that. Uh, I think you going to have a quiet night so I would stay away from them uh altogether um do you like you mentioned defensive wise you're not playing the Rams defense against the Ravens you can't play the Ravens defense against the Rams um Ravens defense has been a whole lot better uh, since that Marcus Peters trade and they're uh, a pl- you know they're a weekly play no matter who they're playing they they have some big play potential now so you're you're definitely uh, sticking with the Ravens defense. Let's get right into it. We uh, added this new segment. It's the top player of the week at each position. We're going to we added this because we want you guys to know who we think is going to be the best play of the week. It's getting close to playoff time, and we want you to feel confident in these players. These are like can't-miss people that are going to score. The matchup's just too good for them not to. You can get burned by them every once in a while, but overall you should at least uh, expect big things from from them. So I want to start it off with Baker Mayfield, that quarterback. Uh, He's playing a Miami Dolphin defense that just loves giving up points to the quarterback position. Every quarterback that has played against Miami uh, recently, I mean, you look at Sam Darnold's numbers, four touchdowns. You look at, you just look at everybody. They're scoring points against the the Dolphins uh, through the air. So he's definitely is your guy to be starting. And he looked great. You know, Baker Mayfield was improvising against the Steelers defense, and the Steelers defense isn't a slouch by any means. Um, so you go into a, a matchup like Miami and you just got to like those odds of what he can do. And I think everyone's kind of going over on the Matt Ryan train, which rightfully so, I think Matt Ryan has a big week, but, uh, Baker Mayfield's kind of the less heralded play that, uh, will win you your week. And if you're gambling, make you some money going over to the running back position, it begins and ends with Derrick Henry. Why is that you say? The reason why I say that is because he's playing the Jaguars. And if 
you know, you've seen Derrick Henry last week, or last week, last year against the Jaguars. Two of his biggest games of the year were against the Jaguars. Jaguars don't have an answer for him. I still don't think they have an answer for him. If you have Derrick Henry, you are playing him in your lineups. He's just too good to pass up. And he's he looks like he's going to have a monster game this week. The, uh, the receiver position, there's actually a lot of good options at receiver. But the one I like the best is the Tyrell Williams against the Jets. I say this because the Jets secondary is really depleted. You know, you've seen what Golden Tate and Darius Slayton did against them. That's what everyone's doing against the Jets secondary. And so I really like the play of Tyrell Williams. He uh, can line up anywhere on the field, and he's a mismatch for their secondary. And I think he's going to have a, a, just a fantastic game this week. And he needs to, to be in your lineup for sure, without question. Um, having said that, at the uh, tight end position, I'm all about Ryan Griffin on the other side of the Oakland Jets matchup. Um, it's in New York. You know, Raiders are going all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. I like Ryan Griffin, and I think, you know, if we knew Chris Herndon wasn't going to be playing at all this year, he would have been a, a pickup a long time ago. But he's had top uh, five uh, production three out of the last, like, five weeks, I believe. And so Ryan Griffin's a great play, and, you know, he's not sneaking by anyone anymore. And Oakland's, be, besides the Buccaneers and the Cardinals defending the tight end, Raiders are right up there with uh, th those two teams. Granted, a little bit lower, well, much lower, but uh, give me that matchup with Ryan Griffin all day long, and I'll take it. So he's my big play. Uh, Defense-wise, I'm being stubborn, and I'm going with Pittsburgh. You know, the Falcons have been playing great. You think that might be a great matchup against Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, as long as the Steelers don't turn the ball over and, you know, Steelers are, are known to do that, and that could very well be the case. But their defense is pretty spectacular. And even against Cleveland, they didn't lose that game because of their defense. And they're, they're playing Ryan Finley. Um, you know, Joe Mixon uh, obviously is, is going to be a decent play, but outside of Joe Mixon, who do they have really that is going to uh, be a playmaker for them against the Steelers defense? I just see this being a big day for Pittsburgh, and I'm taking Steelers defense against Cincinnati as the big defensive play of the week. Let's jump right into it. The much-anticipated... Um, never duplicated fan duel picks of the week. Uh, I know you guys are anxious to hear what my picks are as I'm just as anxious to give you what my picks are. Uh, anyways, I am going to start it off with the defense and that is the one that I talked about during my, uh, top, uh, picks of the week. And, uh, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers against Cincinnati the only way that I think this pick can be ruined, you know, the Steelers' defense is just dominant. Cincinnati's offense is not dominant. Steelers uh, even played good against the Browns. It's not the reason why they were beat by the Browns. Uh, Baker Mayfield did a good job of avoiding the rush. But uh, I think Steelers are going back to their old ways of getting turnovers, potentially scoring, uh, which are big deals. 
and the only way that that could be ruined is if the Pittsburgh offense ruins it for them. And I see the offense just being competent enough not to uh, turn the ball over in return to make this a good play. And it's at $5,000, so it's the highest at uh, end of the spectrum for money-wise for defense. But I think you can spend it here and be confident. Moving along, it's the other play of the week in Tyrell Williams against the Jets. This is a news alert, but the Jets can't cover anybody. And, you know, you look at Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, the, the games they had against the Jets, um, they weren't the only ones to do that against the Jets secondary. So I'm looking at Tyrell Williams at $6,400. It's a bargain for me. I like that matchup too much. I like the money in it too much. So I think you can definitely count on Tyrell Williams in this matchup. Uh, moving along to the tight end position, I think that the big it's another big play of the week. It's Ryan Griffin against Oakland. No one is worse at the uh, guarding the tight end position than Oakland outside of obviously the Buccaneers and the Cardinals. Um, but Oakland's not too far behind, and they're definitely worse than everyone else outside of the Cardinals and Buccaneers. So Ryan Griffin's been a top five play three out of the last five weeks, and you definitely, I don't see it dropping off here against Oakland. And at $5,600, I think he's a bargain. I don't think he lasts that long at that price range. So take advantage of it now, throw him in there. Moving along to receiver, Jarvis Landry. Uh, he's at $6,900, which I think is a bargain because a lot like the Jets, Miami can't guard anybody either. And Baker Mayfield and Brown's offense is starting to heat up a little bit. They have great matchups. And Jarvis, jo Jarvis Jones, Jarvis Landry is definitely uh, been a consistent uh, force for the Browns. And I think he continues that against Miami. So you can start him with confidence. I'm actually probably... Uh, just almost as confident in Jarvis as I am with Tyrell. Moving on to Calvin Ridley. The Buccaneers have two options in their offense. Well, three, if uh, you count uh, Jameis Winston throwing an interception to the other team. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And with Godwin being cheaper and at $7,800, he also has been more consistent. He hasn't had the monster games that Mike Evans has, but I'm going with Godwin on this as Atlanta. Uh, they're not able to guard the receiver position. Uh, they try. Uh, that's definitely their weak spot. Even with their defense playing the way it has, it, it doesn't matter. I, I'm going with... I'm going with Godwin all day long because he he does great against bad matchups. I can't imagine what he was going to do against Atlanta. So definitely you can start him with confidence. It's $7,800. It's high, but I like it, and I'm playing him. Uh, it's actually the same game for my next option, but I have Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley against the Buccaneers. And I say that because, you know, the Buccaneers cut Vernon Hargraves outright and since then, proven that they still can't stop the pass. They don't have anyone that can guard anybody. And I think Matt Ryan's going to go off. 
I think he's going to have a great week. And Julio Jones is obviously the go-to guy, but he doesn't score. Uh, and that's definitely been an issue with the Falcons' offense is the lack of uh, opportunities for Jones to, to score. Calvin Ridley, I think, does score, and he is going to get enough targets that he's going to get uh, be relevant yard-wise, even if he doesn't score. Um, so definitely going with Calvin Ridley at $6,700. I think he's a bargain. So that's another reason why I pick Ridley over Jones. I just like his value at $6,700. Moving along to running back, Darius Geis against Detroit. Detroit's 32nd. So you knew 33rd is? Nobody, because 32nd is the absolute worst in the NFL. Uh, Peterson's coming off an injury, so you wonder if he is even going to play, and if he does play, how effective he's going to be. Uh, Darius Geis is the more explosive runner, and you know he's already made some big plays. He made a big play last week where he had a 45-yard touchdown catch, and I could see this is a, as being a game where he just goes off and, and gets a lot of points. So at $5,400, I think he's, you know, you want to have some guys in there that other people don't necessarily have. Um, and I think Geis is one that you can accumulate points from that other people aren't getting. Um, and again, at $5,400, the upside is just too great to not take a chance on it. Um, having said that, uh, Derek Henry at $8,400, I just really like that matchup. Um Again, it's he's my play of the week at uh, running back, and he's playing Jacksonville. It's expensive, $8,400. You know, I kind of went cheap on the other positions and, and looked at the value just to make sure I had enough money for Derrick Henry. These type of matchups don't get any better. Henry has Jacksonville's number for whatever reason, and I don't think Jacksonville's defense was as good as the ones that he was shredding. So if Definitely have to put Derrick Henry in there. Uh, and that leaves me to the quarterback position. Uh, I'm going with Baker Mayfield at $7,500. I think he is going to have a big game against Miami. Everybody scores against Miami. You know, you've seen what Darnold did against Miami. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They all have one thing in common. A lot of yards and touchdowns against Miami. So with Baker Mayfield kind of heating up, uh, you know, the weapons with Beckham and Landry and, you know, Chubb. Um, I think everyone gets involved, you know, Kareem Hunt. I just think this is going to be a big game for Baker Mayfield, and he's going to be your quarterback that uh, is going to get you the most points and going to take you to the, uh, you know, take take you into the money for, for FanDuel. So, again, $7,500. He's cheaper than Matt Ryan. And I think he has just as much upside, if not more, than Matt Ryan. So those are my picks for FanDuel. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, we'll get right back to it. That will do it for today's show. I appreciate you all listening. I hope you got valuable information. The uh, You can ask any questions or comments via Twitter at Ms. Montalban. That's M-I-Z-Z-M-O-N-T-A-L-B-A-N. Or you can email me at mismontalban at gmail.com. And that will do it. So enjoy your games on Sunday. I hope you win lots of money and your fantasy teams win and are set up nicely for the playoffs. 
and we'll get right back at it on Tuesday. So again, wish Burke luck in his dysentery, and we will see you next week. Take care.